Psalm 139, beginning in verse number 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sea. When I awake... I am still with thee. I think we'll stop there. So as we think about this, David, you might look at this and you could say, well, David is talking about before he was ever brought out of the womb that God saw how that he would form him. I would say, yes, you could say that. But I believe there's more than that. I believe that David is saying this. I believe that David is saying, You saw me before I was ever formed in my mother's womb. And you saw and you laid out every day of my life from there to the end of my life. Another way that that could be written in verse number 16 is this. Your eye saw my unformed substance... In your book were written even the days ordained for me when as yet there was none. This, if you notice in verse 16, you see a lot of words that are added by the interpreters. Thine eyes did see my substance. So that word there means wrapped or it can be shapeless. It could be the embryo. If we think about man, and man in the context of this Scripture, the word is needlework, a hands-on, precise, intricate, complex, hard to understand, complicated, involved, interlacing, unable to grasp separately. Now you think about a quilt. Or you think about a Afghan. You know, if there's a front side and a back side to that, you look at the back side of it, it looks like a mess, doesn't it? But if you look at the complete product of it, my, how beautiful it is. Man is an intricate needlework of God. I believe you could say that David was saying as he wrote this psalm, God, you saw me. Jeremiah saw it like this. He saw it as a lump of clay on a wheel. David is seeing it like a skein of yarn that's just a big blob of yarn or thread. But he is saying this, God, you saw the end. You saw the finished product. Lord, you saw... When it was just a skin of yarn, you saw it when it was just a spool of thread. But I know this, Lord, that when you looked at it, you saw the finished product. You saw the end of it. So I'd like for you to just think about this. 
And maybe, maybe this is a hard thing to get a hold of. I, I believe the world that we live in today thinks that sometimes God's in control and sometimes I'm in control. So just a little thought, okay? So 20 years, that's 7,005 days. 20 years is 7,005 days. So over here is a couple. And I know Melissa will know the day. What day was Clark born? August the 25th. Was August the 25th when Clark Fowler was born, was that a day that God was in control? Or was Greg and Melissa Fowler in control? So, my point is this. Their whole life is changed by the birth of that young man. You know, we could ask that question to Wanda, to Carmen, to Beth, to Anthony, to Redina, to my mother, to Patsy, to Rita, to Dwight, to all of you. So that one day could make all the difference in the world. So is God in control of every day? Does God have every day written down in His book? You see how that he is in control of all things? When God looked and saw, as we would look at it, David before he was ever formed in his mother's womb, when it was just a rat, when it was just an embryo, when it was just an egg without even being fertilized, that's the way you and I maybe take a look at it, but God looked at it as a finished product. God saw the end, and the Word of God says in Isaiah, He declared the end from the beginning. So, every day of my life, whatever it may bring, whatever it may hold, God is in control of that. And and, and Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians, I believe it is. Maybe 2 Corinthians. He said, today is the day of salvation. Right? So is God in control of that day and not other days? God's in control of every day. So let us think on this. Thine eyes did see my substance being unperfect. Lord, You saw me when I was unperfect, and in thy book all my members, I believe that my members there is written in by the translators, but I believe you could say this, that in thy book all my days were written, which in continuance, in duration, in the divine, in the opportunity, in the days given, they were fashioned, they were formed, they were, they were brought into being by Your hand, God. You brought it all into being every day of my life. 
if I live 20 years from today, I will live 7,005 days. God is in control of every one of those days. All of those days are under the control of God. And He, David is going to go on and say here in just a second, Lord, You saw in Your book were written all my members or all of my days. And if you want to look at it as, as, as the body being formed, God, You saw all of my members and You saw the day that my arm would be formed. God, You saw the day that my little finger would be formed. But God is greater than just bringing to birth. God saw the day that you would be saved. God saw the day that you're going to pass away. God saw the day that your child would be born. God saw the day that would be a great day of trial. God saw the day that David would walk out of Jerusalem and Absalom would come in. Uh, God saw the day that Joseph's brothers would sell him into slavery. God saw the day uh, that the Sabians would come down uh, friend, and take away Job's flock. God saw the day uh, that the wind would blow and collapse the house and Job's children would be killed. God saw every day it's written down in this book. He's numbered every day. And you might say, well, that, that, that's pretty scary. Well, it ought to be a great consolation. It should be. Let's go farther. How precious. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. So the word precious, it means weighty or valuable. Lord, how precious, how valuable are your thoughts unto me. O oh God, how great is the sum of them. If, I, if I, I thought about how that God thought about me, how great are those thoughts? Of what value are those thoughts? L- listen to Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40 Listen to these words in verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, that cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them, they're more than can be numbered. Psalm 40 verse 17. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. How precious is God's thoughts toward us today. You know, if God hadn't thought about you, you would have never been saved. You know, if God hadn't thought about you, uh, that you would be in existence. Uh, friend, we live and we move and we have our being in Him. All things are sustained and have their, uh, uh, they continue by Him, including me, including you. And by the Word of God, David says, Lord, how weighty, how valuable are your thoughts. And you, you think about this, that the thoughts, that, that's this, the purpose and the aim of God. When Jeremiah... Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, saw a lump of clay put on the wheel, right? Now, do you think that the potter 
envisioned that lump of clay. Did he have a vision for that before he ever started? God did for you. God had a vision, an aim, a purpose for you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. God had a purpose and every day of your life. Imagine now, out of 20 years, 7,005 days, is there a day in there of no significance? Could that be? Could there be a day of no significance in your life? Now, you might not remember it, but is God aware of it? Did God have a purpose in that day? Was there an aim of God in that day? Was that day a day for me to grow in the Word of God? Was that a day for me to pray? Was that a day for me to gain ground with God? Was that a day for me to grow in wisdom and knowledge and in the grace of God? Was that a day that would that I would remember forever? Was that a day? Was there something happened in that day? You see, in the mind of God, there are no days that are insignificant with God. Every day of your life is planned and purposed by God. If we think about it in that manner, we would probably live life different than what we do. He said in Psalm number 90, or Psalm 91, Psalm Psalm number 90, He said this, so 70 years is 25,567 days. You know, when you think about life and somebody says you got 25,000 days, that don't sound like much, does it? But if I've got 20 years from today, I've got 7,005 days. Every one of those days are significant in the workings of God. The psalmist said there, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. If I got 20 years left, God help me to number my days. God help me to be mindful of my day, to be mindful of God's thoughts toward me in that day, of God's providence in that day. You know, God thought about redemption in my days. God thought about salvation. God had thoughts of forgiveness. God had thoughts of being adopted. God had thoughts of making me a son. God, you know, all of that come to pass in the thought and the intent and the purpose and the aim of God. Every bit of that uh, came to pass by the hand of Almighty God. Every day of my life and your life is significant in the purpose and the aim of God. Lord, how, how, how precious are thy thoughts unto me. Lord, how precious, how weighty, how valuable that your thoughts would be toward me. God, you've sustained me. Lord, you've conformed me. Lord, you're transforming me. You know, there's days, things have happened in our life that made everything different from that day till we die. Isn't that true? Haven't there been days like that? So God 
God is working and has thoughts toward us and an aim and an intent and a goal uh, in His mind. He is looking and seeing the finished product. Oh, David said, Lord, how precious are Thy thoughts unto me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. How could I add them all up? He's going to give us something to look at. If I count them, they are more than the number than the sand. When I wake, I am still with thee. You know, I believe you could think, and it doesn't say this, but I, I believe that's the first thing that comes to my mind. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. The sand of what? The sea? The ocean? The beach? Well, how much beach is there in this world? How much sand is there in this world? It's beyond comprehension, isn't it? But know this. If we could do some scientific work and, 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 and we could measure it, and I mean we could get it down precise, maybe to one cubic foot, and, and they could figure how much sand was all around the world, and they could get it in the ballpark. Know this. If you could count it, God's thoughts towards you are more than that. God's thinking on you is more than that. It's innumerable. It's infinite. It's beyond the comprehension. I believe that's what he's really getting at. There could be a number on it. God knows the number. I don't know the number. It's beyond my comprehension. And know this, that His thoughts toward me are beyond the comprehension of my little feeble mind. His love, His favor, His mercy, His adoption, His, His, His resurrecting me from the dead, His transforming me his conforming me, every bit of that is beyond my comprehension. He has thought on you. How valuable are his thoughts? He says to us in Jeremiah chapter 29. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. I'd just like for you to ponder on this for a moment. My thoughts and His thoughts are different. His ways are as high as the heaven is above the earth, above my ways, and His thoughts above my thoughts. God has thoughts of an expected end. I do what God has. God has a goal in mind. God has a desire and an aim and a purpose in mind for your life and for my life. There is a purpose. God has a purpose and an aim in mind. And God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. If, if you've got your Bible open to that, to that uh, Scripture, look, at that, look how that is written. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Not your thoughts. I know the thoughts that I think. Now, 
I may think, God, this right here that's going on in my life, I don't like this. I don't understand this. I want out of this. I don't think this is fair. Know this. God has a purpose in His thoughts, in His intents, in His aim, in what is going on in your life. Every day is numbered and written down in the book of God and there is a purpose. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I have thoughts of uh, not of evil, but I have thoughts of an expected end. God's got to go. I may not like how God's getting to the goal. It may not be pleasant to the flesh. But know this. Know this. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Listen. In adversity, yes. In adversity, in trouble, in sorrow, in pain, and un- well, without understanding, I know that I have thoughts that you can have peace. Know this, that my thoughts is that you can be at peace. I'm in control. If we could get a hold of this, it would help us tremendously. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. You know what man thinks? <laughs> well, God, God's bringing evil on me. I mean, wouldn't you think that? Here we are in time. Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. Now, I don't believe, I do not believe that at 17 years old, Joseph saw that they meant it for evil and God meant it for good. But I believe at 30, 35 years old, after being sold, after God being with him, after being lied on, after being in prison, after being forgotten, after being the prime minister, after becoming the great man in Egypt, believe, a friend, when all of that transpired, a friend, he came to the place that he knew that his brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That will not come overnight. We'll have to grow into that. Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. That's in Philippians. In Corinthians, he prayed three times that the Lord would remove the thorn out of his flesh, didn't he? From his flesh. But do you know what Paul came to in Corinthians? He came to this. Lord, if your grace is going to rest on me, I'll gladly bear my infirmities uh, that my weakness and my littleness and my uh, inability uh, uh, to understand, I'll gladly rest that your grace is resting on me. I'll gladly glory in my infirmities that the power of God might rest on me. That didn't come overnight either. That was a growing process. 
Is every one of your days written in God's book? Yes. Every day, there is no insignificant day of your life in God's book. Jeremiah 29.11 I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. My thoughts change constantly. The weather can change my thoughts. How I feel when I get up in the morning may change my thoughts. Whether it's raining and 22 degrees or it's 55 degrees and going to be a sunny day, it'll change my thoughts. God doesn't change like that. God has a purpose and an intent and an aim before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. God had every day of your life numbered and planned and determined and fixed. We ought to rest in that. We ought to take peace in that. When I'm going through adversity, when we're going through trials, we ought to take peace in that. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Listen now, this is important. Then shall you call on me. Then, when? Where are they? They're in Babylon, 70 years in captivity. Why are they there? Then shall you call on me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. (laughs) And you shall seek me, you shall seek me, and when you shall search for me with all of your heart, I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Why are they praying? God God brought them to a place that they'd pray. Why are they in captivity? God put them in captivity. How are they going to get out? I'll tell you how they're going to get out. God is going to think on them. God is going to send a Cyrus. God is going to send a Ezra. God's going to send a Nehemiah. And God's going to do a work in their heart. And they're going to be sorry of their sin. And they're going to regret that they turned against God. They're never going to worship idols again. And I'll tell you who's in control of it. God Almighty is in control of bringing them to the place that they'll pray to God and God will hear them and He'll deliver them. It is God. Philippians 2.13 It is God. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I tell you, you talk about God being in control. It's God that's working in them down in Babylon to bring them to the place that they'll pray. And you know what he said? He said, I'm going to bring you to the place that you'll pray. And when you start praying with all of your heart, he said, I'm going to hear you. And when I hear you, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to, I want to refer you again to Psalm 10, 
verse 17. Psalm 10, verse 17. Lord, Thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause Thine ear to hear. (laughs) Who's in charge? Why are the humble praying? Why are they praying God's brought them to that place? Is God going to hear them? Of course He's going to hear them. He's the one that brought them to the place that they pray. Of course He's going to hear them. He's numbered the day that they'll pray. It's wrote down in this book. If we could get a little picture of it like this, my life and your life in the book of God, on, on day out of a 70 out of a 25,567-year, 70-year life, on day 18,362, God said, this day He's going to pray. This day He's going to pour His heart out to me. This day He is going to be so broken and so weighted down with sin. This day He's going to pray unto me. And this day I'm going to hear Him. And this day I'm going to save Him. Preacher, that's a little far-fetched. might be for me, and it might be for you, but it's not for God. God's the one bringing it all to pass. And listen, I believe here's the goal. Here's the goal. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, to His intent, to His will. Are you called? Has He called you? For whom He did foreknow, to know beforehand, to know with a loving knowing, Did he know David before he ever formed in his mother's womb? Did he love him? I say this, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That's the work of God. So, those whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. That means to predetermined or to determine a destiny. To predetermine the destiny. Where are you headed? What's your, what is your, where are you going? Where are you headed? What's your destination? Let's think about it like that. What is your destination in the plan of God? What does God have predetermined? What is God's destination for your life? It's right here in the verse. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed. That means to be jointly formed to the image, the likeness, the resemblance of His Son. Why does God bring trials? Why does God prune me? 
Why does God take a hammer to me? Why does God take a knife to me? Why does God take His Word to me? Why does God take a belt to me? I see what He's doing. He is conforming me. He is molding me. He is shaping me. He is cutting off the excess. He's cutting off the world. He's cutting off the likeness of me. And He is conforming me. He is molding me. He is transforming me. He is bringing me to the place that I look like and I act like and I have a resemblance to the Son of God. Now listen, that's a joint forming. That joint forming is a a joint forming of Him in me. That's a work of the Gospel and the Holy Ghost in me and the work of the Gospel and the Holy Spirit in you that conforms you, molds you, uh, transforms you into the likeness of His Son. Trials and tribulations and afflictions conform us and transform us into the likeness of the Son of God. You know something? If I was 100% obedient and looked like and acted like and had the nature and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, I wouldn't have to go through all these trials and all this pruning and all these whippings but I'm not. But the goal is that I be conformed. Everyone that He loved, everyone that He called, everyone that He foreknew, all things work together for good. Now listen. Doesn't look too good when Joseph's in prison. Doesn't look too good when Job is sitting in the ash pile scraping himself with a piece of pottery. But all things, all things together work for good. You see, the Lord is thinking on us not thoughts of evil, but an expected end. God has a goal, an aim, a purpose in mind. And, 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 and He also knows this. On day 6,396, He knows what He's going to do that day to bring me a little more into conformity. Tomorrow, in the book of God for your life, He already knows, it's already written in the book, what He's going to do in your life tomorrow to conform you to the image of His Son more so. All my days, Lord are written in your book. (laughs) You know, not literally. He's saying it that way that we can get our mind wrapped around it. I believe you could say it like this. God wrote autobiography. God wrote your life and it's in a book and every day of your life He's got written down what's going in there, what's happening in there. So your life is like a book and God is the author of it.
Do I know what's going to happen tomorrow? I do not. I don't know. But I know this. That He has thoughts of me that are valuable. He has thoughts of me that are not of evil, but of peace. He has thoughts toward me of an expected end. Not my thoughts. Now Lord, if I was in control, I wouldn't do it like that. And God says, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what the end of my actions are going to bring to pass. And God knows. God knows the end of everything that He does. He already knows the end. He has already declared the end from the beginning. There's no surprises with God. Lord, help us. Whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be conformed, jointly formed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. So what's He doing? i tell you what He's doing. He's bringing me through the Gospel and through the Holy Spirit and through the trials of life and through the things that I run into and the people that I run into and who we're associated with. God is molding and making us into the end product that He had in mind before the foundation of the world. He saw you before the foundation of the world. Preacher, I don't believe that. Read your Bible. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 4. God saw you before the foundation of the world. And every day of my life is a life, is a day of significance because it's a day that God is working in me and God is working in you. Lord, help us to be mindful that God is working on us to bring us to the likeness of His Son. Every day, That's the purpose.